Hey there, everybody. For those who don't know, this show used to be a Patreon-only show. However, now I've decided to release them all out to the public. Over the next couple of weeks, I will be releasing these shows entitled From the Vault. So if you're listening to anything that uh, seems outdated, it's because it was recorded last year. Please enjoy the show. If you're listening on YouTube or Rumble, please hit that like button, subscribe, and leave a comment. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and leave that five-star rating, okay? It really does help the show. And I love you, and I thank you for it. All right, we'll see you soon. People are strange. strange. Is that strange? That is strange. Strange. That is strange. Well, that is strange. This is strange. Strange. On Thursday, December 1st, 2022, Kanye West was suspended from Twitter. Media reported that the suspension came after West posted a picture of a swastika inside of a Star of David. Elon Musk stated that this violated Twitter's rules for inciting violence, tisk tisk tisk. However, internet sleuths quickly pointed out that the picture Kanye posted wasn't just a Star of David with a swastika inside of it. It was the symbol of a religious UFO cult, a sex cult by the way, called the International Raelian Movement. So why would Elon suspend Kanye's account over a religious symbol? I have my theories, but I'm telling you, this this brings in so many different ideas. When I read through this topic, I'm so excited to talk to you about. I mean, we're talking about UBI, universal basic income, the stock market crash, genetically modified foods, nanotechnology and DNA tracking, feminism, veganism, and aliens and the new world religion. This is going to get weird, folks. Let's dive into it. So who are the Raelians? Huh? Who are these guys? These, uh, well, you could call them weirdos, but then you'd be calling a lot of religious people weirdos. They just have their own religious beliefs here, but they really just tie in the Bible with an alien twist. That's really the best way to describe them in a sentence. But I found out a lot of information on these guys, and whoo! It gets interesting real quick. The International Raelian Movement, also known as Raelism, was founded in the 1970s by Claude Vaurion, a.k.a. Raël, oui, oui, mm, Frenchman. They claim to have tens of thousands of members, with the majority based in French-speaking areas. And there's very little represented in the United States, by the way. I was looking at uh, becoming a member. Psych! Uh, Raelism has been described as the largest UFO religion in existence. The biggest ever. Raelians describe their belief system as a, quote, scientific religion, where, quote, science is our religion, religious is our science. Now, how scary is that after this two years of what we see the science do, right? What has science really become in the last couple of years? Uh, tyranny? Mandated? So you have a religion that is trusting the science. (laughs) You can't make this shit up. They believe that humanity was created by extraterrestrials. Okay? Using advanced technology, i.e. cloning, and therefore disbelieve in evolution. However, these aren't any regular old ETs that created us. Realism refers to the aliens as actual Elohim. You know, the Elohim from the Bible. They believe that the Elohim planted all life on Earth 25,000 years ago through scientific processes. The Elohim were likewise created by another race, and one day humanity will do the same on some other planet. Now, this first, when I've read this, this reminded me of Prometheus. The intro to Prometheus, where you had the alien race kind of seeding Earth with one of their members going down and sacrificing themselves, getting their DNA into the water, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, chow bella. But if you look at what, what they're trying to say here as far as one day humanity will seed another planet, is that why Elon Musk is so obsessed with Mars? Now, I'm just wondering here because, you know, we're, we're trying to tie in Kanye's last tweet, which was a picture of this Raelian movement, and why did Elon Musk ban him? Hmm, just think that in the back of your head there 
you know, the whole time we're kind of going through this. Raelians believe that the Elohim have been historically mistaken as gods. They claim that throughout history, the Elohim have created 40 Elohim-human hybrids who have served as prophets and are preparing humanity for the news about their origins. Oh boy, I can't wait. Among those considered prophets are Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and Rael, himself being the 40th and final prophet. Who is Rael? Who is this guy? And boy, oh boy, is he an interesting character, let me tell you. Claude Vaurion, also known as Rael, founded the racing car magazine Autopop, and he worked as a test driver for such vehicles in 1973. He also is a really crappy singer. Asian Raelian, you are in my heart, in my heart forever. I love you, I love you, I love you. However, on November 1973, a new French law banned speeding on the highway, ending his work as a test driver. Autopop ceased publication in September 1990, or 1974. Rio claims that he had an alien encounter on December 13, 1973, when he was walking along a dormant volcano in France. He alleges that these aliens gave him the honorific name of Rael, a term derived from Israel. I've also seen other uh, definitions of Rael as the combination of raw and L. So R-A, which is the sun god. L-E-L is another term for god. In fact, if you listen to Isaac Weishaupt, he had this series on Stranger Things and number 11, the girl with the superpowers. Um, I think they gave her the nickname of L. Hmm. So it's like a god here, right? But I do have a video for you. And this kind of sums up exactly who Rayel really is. All right. So let's let's take a listen to this. Borilon used to be a sports writer, one of the many following the motor racing circuit around Europe. But then eight years ago, something happened, something that would change his life forever. I was in this volcanic crater in the central plain in France, and I saw this light in the sky. Looks like Jesus, doesn't he? Blinding light. Then there was this machine, silver and shaped like a bell with a convex bottom. It came down very slowly and stopped about 30 meters from me. At the time, I thought it must be a flying saucer, you know, the kind we read about in the newspapers, and that it would leave the same way it had appeared. And I thought that I would just tell my journalist friends about it and they wouldn't believe me and just laugh at me. But then a trap door opened at the bottom and I saw two feet. And then two legs. And then a small man, about one meter forty, came out slowly and walked towards me. That was the most intense moment. No kidding. These drawings by Aurelian artist illustrate this strange story. The ship was manned by the Elohim, a race from a distant planet who, as part of an exotic experiment, had created mankind in its own image millions of years ago. The Elohim went on to say that he was Vorilon's true father and gave him a new name, Ra'el, the messenger. Did they give you a mission to accomplish in the world? Yes, the mission is the one that I'm doing now. That is to bring revelation, to bring light to all men who used to believe. To bring light? Either that they were created by a material god. Who brings light, people? Lucifer? The light bringer? Uh-oh. Or else that life was born by chance from a drop of water. Then the fish came, monkeys, and finally man. But in fact, we are created by people like us. We were created in the laboratory by genetic manipulation, just as we are able to do now. My mission in life is to build an embassy where we'll be able to welcome them, mm. where there will be diplomatic immunity, where we'll be able to greet them on Earth. I'm told that you're the half-brother of Jesus Christ. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Of course it's but true. How can that be? He says, well, look at me. Same father. 
because Jesus was the son of an extraterrestrial and a woman from Earth. And about 35 years ago, they chose a woman on Earth, and with her, they had a child. Look at that large pendant on his chest, my goodness. Bling, bling, sir. And I'm that child today. There's some among us now on Earth. No, they're observing us. They're permanently observing us, but they're not among us on Earth. Not at the moment. Well, why don't they just come down now to prove their existence? Just imagine if they came down to any center on Earth. There would be an indescribable panic. But what about just for our camera? For your cameras? It'll happen in the embassy, where all of the press from the world will be invited, including you. For the Can't wait. the most important event in the history of mankind. Humanity will finally meet its creators. Oh boy. What do you think, people? You'll finally get to meet who created you. But isn't that fitting, though? It fits right into this, uh, if you look at Tim Alberino, the apotheotheism, the belief that man is God. Who did he say created us? The human race. The Elohim are humans, they said. Ay, 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 ay. It ties so much stuff together, and I think that this is going to be something that they try to push for that one world religion. It would make sense. Um, so, Rael, Rael, he stated that the Elohim asked him to return the next day and to bring a Bible with him. So this is after they, uh, the alien came down and, and told him what to do, right? He had that encounter on December 13th. And the next day, they said, return with the Bible. Riel did so, and over the course of six days, the Elohim explained to him the true meaning of its contents, thus revealing more about the Elohim's involvement in human history. Now, here's another thing. Um, he was visited again, okay? In his 1976 book, The Extraterrestrials Took Me to Their Planet, Rael added that he was contacted by the Elohim again on the 7th of October, 1975, when they took him aboard their spaceship and transported him to their home planet. Here, he was offered six biological robot women to have sex with. He said that the Elohim created his clone and that he was taught the techniques of sensual Meditation. My goodness. Calm yourself, sir. This guy is a uh, warm-blooded man, isn't he? Sex robots? It made me think of um, Austin Powers immediately. How could it not? You know, the sex bots. Um, I have another video. This is from Yahoo News. They're, they're kind of uh, making pun of this, right? But they, they kind of describe and give you some illustrations of the second coming. Oh boy, if you want to call it that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's cue this up for you guys. What's the deal? What was Claude kind of teaching everyone about super beings? So Claude Vorion basically got the Bible and then added an alien twist. So instead of there being an all-seeing God, there's a bunch of aliens called the Elohim and uh, they would occasionally come down to Earth and a messiah would be born. So mm. Claude was apparently the brother of Jesus, Muhammad and Buddha. Okay. When they visited him <laughs> the second time in a UFO, they apparently took them back to his planet, which was gorgeous, and he got to... Uh, sex at time. Have sex with some aliens. Oh, yeah. Of his, that were made in a sex robot making machine. Hell so, yes. You know, so much like Christianity. <laughs> So, Christianity, but with uh, aliens. I'm sold. He's sold. This guy loves it. He digs it. And the Australian accent just gives it that, that twist. Lovely, mate. You gonna make me some sex sports? Kept me in. Let's do this. Cranky. Alrighty. Yeah, so back to this. Rael has been... Oh. <laughs> now this gets creepy, everybody. Rael has been married and divorced three times. His third marriage was the most controversial. And you know why? Because the girl was 16 years old. Yeah, his third wife was only 16 when they wed. Rael's entourage consists of Sophie, a ballet dancer Rael married when she was 16. 
imagine being indoctrinated. Imagine if that was your 16 year old daughter, like, Hey, yeah, uh, I'm going to go marry and have sex with this 40 year old dude who says that he's the next Messiah. <laughs> okay, mom, see you next Thanksgiving. Oh, creeper. Now, some other things about Rael. He supports the market crashing and the bringing in of something else, right? And that something else is a one world order. He likes the cashless society, but he thinks that the first step to doing all of this is the market crash. Now, we've talked about the market crashing and how that would be a good thing because the bad guys have the money. They own the money, the petrodollar. And how do we take care of that? How do we get rid of their power, right? But this is a little different because he's talking about one world orders and all this shit. So Rayel believes humanity is slowly transitioning into a society where humans will not need to work or have jobs. No one has to work. This is due to the human technological advancement and because humans, quote, are not made to work. That was his quote. He has stated that work is for machines, whereas humans are made to create, think, and enrich themselves. We need a new model of society if we want humanity to survive. Paradism. Paradism is about creating a new society without work. Why ask for more jobs when what we really want is more time, more freedom, and more fun? Most of the work, and soon all, all of the work human beings do can be done better, faster, and at a far lesser cost by machines and robots. Robots already produce cars worldwide with very little human labor. It could soon be completely automated. The same is also true for food. Vegetables produced on farms will be harvested by robots. With a technology that already exists, Paradism is about creating a society without money. As all human needs are progressively handled by computers and robots, and all products are made abundant, there will be no need for money. Machines that can manufacture any object of any shape are already in existence. Today, these machines could provide everyone with all the necessities and luxury items in almost no time at almost no cost. Soon everything from a spanner to a sports car can be made on demand, on location and for free. Paradism will not let the technology benefit just a small group of people. The resources the knowledge and the technology will not be owned by private interests. They will belong to the whole community. The machines and robots won't need to be paid for their work and the resources they need. Everything they do, everything they produce, can be free. Paradism will make the development of nanotechnology one of its highest priorities. Nanoreplicators or nanobots will be designed to assemble anything atom by atom. Using the materials they extract directly from the ground, they will be able to replicate any object, including our food, and make dishes to the recipes of our choice. Now, I mean, this just makes me think of universal basic income. It also reminded me of the movie Bliss that I just watched with Selma Hayek and... Uh, Owen Wilson? I was going to say what's-his-nose, but a little on the money there because he has a crooked nose. So, but that's essentially the, the motive of that movie is, uh, you know, plot spoiler, but they create this bliss society, this utopia where no one has to work and everybody's thinking, you know, they're creating things, inventions. There's no struggle in the world. And so Selma Hayek creates the struggle world where you can plug yourself into. It's like the reverse matrix, right? where you'd plug yourself into the world that's crummy, just so you have something to experience. So here is Rayel talking about the economy crashing. And it's so wonderful to watch that. All the stock market going down, all the billionaires losing their money. Ah, uh, oui, oui. And this gold, golden god, is dying. Oh. And all the world, 
will try to escape with a new currency. And what will happen if everybody lose confidence in this God, which doesn't exist? Jacques Lebleu. Everybody sell it at the same time. Then it will be worth for a while maybe 10% of its value. That's why there is panic everywhere in the world now, because this God is disappearing. But the world, the ideal world of the Elohim, which is coming, is very close. Very close, people. Except that there is no proletariat. There is no working class. There is only one class on the earth, enlightening mind mm. people. Of course. Because when you don't have money, you don't have to work. Everything is done by computers. Everything is done by robots, by nanobots. And then what, what do you do? You are happy. You just do things you like. Uh -huh. And you do the only thing we are good at. Raise our consciousness. The only thing we're good Try at. to be what you are. What is the necessity of having people around you? How do you deal with them? How do you communicate? How do you interact with other people? With love. Mm, oui, oui. And then the teaching of, uh, of Buddha, which is the, the value of a man is not what he is able to take, but what he is able to give. Take his full signification. Imagine this planet when 6.5 billion people wake up every morning, they have, don't have to think, how can we make money? How can I get money to put food on my table? How can I make somebody happy and how? <laughs> this world is completely different. And it's coming very, very soon, thanks to the crash of the world economy. Now listen to this. Oh, of course, it will be bumpy, mm. and there will be a lot of homeless people, which is okay. terrible, a lot of pe unemployed people, a lot okay. of starvation. Yes. Oh. But like uh, the birth of a baby is very painful, and there is blood, and it's suffering, but then you have a baby. And the new humanity, the baby humanity, which is about to be born from this suffering, is so beautiful, so fantastic. And nobody will have to work. Okay, you, you hear what he's saying right there, everybody? So beautiful, your suffering is worth it. It's worth it. There's going to be so many homeless people, so many people without money, so many people starving. It'll be worth it, though. Just like when you have a baby, it's bloody, they're suffering. But that beautiful baby. Yeah, what if uh, the, the mother's dead, though? And everybody around it's dead and you just have a beautiful baby that's sitting there starving. What are you going to do with it? It's the same thing with the economy. Yeah, you're going to tear the whole thing down and then there's not going to be anybody left to take care of it. Hello. This guy is a nut, man. Let me tell you. But he's talking about robots. Robots running the world. And, you know, Elon is making robots, isn't he? He's making those AI bots and the uh, Tesla bots big into the automated world. Am I right? Um, it, it's obvious that he thinks that the solution is a one world order. In his primary book entitled The Message Given to Me by Extraterrestrials, Riel states on page 254 that, quote, Humanity must unite to form a world government as it is written in the first message. Until it becomes possible to abolish money, create a new world currency to replace national currencies. Therein lies the solution to the monetary crisis. Okay, now where have we heard that before? Let's get rid of these currencies from all these countries and create a unified world currency. Is that not the Rockefellers right there? The chip... The RFID chip, am I right? So Rael also wants to bring in the golden age, which is a huge Masonic thing, right? And we've I've talked about Trump calling the golden age is just about to come. We're about to enter a new golden age. Rael states, quote, By improving the level of individual consciousness, we improve the level of consciousness of humanity 
and we therefore increase its chances of entering the golden age. What does this sound like? The collective consciousness, the new age, the age of Aquarius, the age of truth, enlightenment. We're all raising our vibrations. Riel uses anti-lockdown and anti-mandates to drive the sheep to react. Now, this is an interesting video. It's all in French, okay? So I'll have to read it to you if you only listen to this on audio. But watch this, people. Because I have video clips. If you're not watching it, not, you know, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, let's see here. So this is where he, he is anti-mandate, which, yes, that's a good thing. He's anti-lockdown. He's anti-force this stuff into your body. But he's also kind of coaxing everybody to, to drive the revolution. You know, you could take that as, as what you will, but um, I might have to just... Yeah, I'll, I'll read this for you guys here, okay? La Révolution Française a pris place the French Revolution took place because of the abuses of the monarchy and the aristocracy. But no king ever dared to, to uh, deprive liberty. The entire population under the pretext of the pandemic or to forbid them to more than six people in their own homes or to force them to wear masks. This is what a so-called democratic government supposedly defending the Constitution and human rights is imposing on the French people. All right, I'm going to just fast forward this here because right here at the end, he goes, he's talking about with the compulsory closure of the entertainment places. Let's hope that this will finally make the sheeps react. Oh my God. Sorry about that last little bah. Looks like the sheeps did react. My goodness. <laughs> Whoops a doozy. Didn't know that was at the end. Um, all right. So we already kind of know that he's into this technology stuff, right? Well, he's also into Rayel. GMOs and nanotechnology. Rayel supported human genetic engineering cloning in order to avoid genetically inherited diseases and to reduce the economic burden on society. He stated that nanotechnology will make it possible to have micro-distributive power generation, essentially a power plant in each house. Not only that, but you'd have fur-like furnishings that are self-cleaning with hair-like fibers that move on their own. And you'll have biological robots to have sex with. I added that last part. Nanostructures control biology, so Rael expected that meat and salads will someday be grown in a machine via molecular construction. And remember we talked about how they're trying to add vaccines to salads. Oh, don't like it. Rael believed that genetically modified food is the only way to stop hunger everywhere in the world. And he saw a future where qualities of different foods can be combined through direct genetic modification. In Rael's book, Extraterrestrials Took Me to Their Planet, he said that anim the animation of plant life was possible through nanotechnology because he was presented genetically modified flowers on the Elohim's planet. He said that these flowers swayed and changed color with music. Ooh, now that's pretty freaking cool, right? I can dig that. But I still want real flowers, you know? All right, so let's get into some of the Raelian beliefs and the Elohim, okay? So according to Christianity.com, the, the traditional form of Elohim as we know it from the Bible, Elohim is the Hebrew word for God that appears in the very first sentence of the Bible. Elohim is the plural form of El, or Eloah. The Hebrews borrowed the term El from the Canaanites, and it can refer either to the true God or to pagan gods. Its plural form is used not to indicate a belief in many gods, but to emphasize the majesty of the one true God. The God of gods, the highest of them all. However, Raelism teaches that the Elohim arrived on the earth approximately 25,000 years ago, and they used their advanced technology to establish all life on the planet. 
Rael characterizes humans as biological robots. And that, uh, that they've been created and even programmed by the Elohim. He believes that the Elohim scientist responsible for creating humanity was named Yahweh. And he created Adam and Eve. Yahweh is also the name of God in the Bible. Um, so listen to this. So th these are like various takes of the Bible per the Raelians, right? So you have Adam and Eve. So according to the Raelians, the tale of Adam and Eve's expulsion from the Garden of Eden is interpreted as humanity's difficult transition from the Elohim's laboratories to life on Earth. Those luscious laboratories, you know, when everything's all white. I don't know how luscious those laboratories were, but essentially he's saying that where you had, they had to become self-sufficient. So that was the transition of becoming awakened, I guess, the tree of knowledge and all this shit. Um, an example that I was thinking of is when they release tamed animals back into the wild, you know, when they have them at the zoo and they have them there for decades, pretty much their whole life. I know there was a whale. There was a, back in my day, there was a whale that they released and it had no idea how to survive it. I think it was dead within a week. Sad, you know? But that's why I'm thinking, like, how did Adam and Eve survive? <laughs> you know, how did they get through it? Let alone have children. So well, let's talk about Jesus, Satan, and the flood. They, the Raelians believe that the Elohim cloned Jesus to restore him to life after he died. That's how he was risen. He was risen again because he was cloned. Duh, you dummy. References to Satan are interpreted as the leader of a group of Elohim or on the Elohim's planet who are opposed to genetic experiments on Earth and who argued that humanity should be destroyed as a potential threat. Now, going back to uh, Prometheus, that is what the other group who is trying to kill the people on Earth was doing. They were creating these pods, these alien pods that do nothing but destroy and kill people. They were creating all those eggs of things and, and they were trying to kill people. So it sounds a little bit like uh, the producer of Prometheus might be in on this. Ooh, I don't know, or at least he's taking the idea from these guys. Uh, according to the Raelians, the Great Flood narrative uh, recounts an attempt by the anti-humans or the anti-human aliens to wipe out humanity, but that humanity was rescued by an alien spacecraft which provided the basis for the story of Noah's Ark. So they believe that Noah's Ark was actually a spaceship and that the Earth was flooded by the anti-experiments, like the, the, the alien race that doesn't want cloning to happen. Hmm. Various figures who established or inspired religions throughout human history, including Jesus, Buddha, uh, Muhammad, are portrayed by the Raelians as being guided by the Elohim. These are characterized by the, or being the 39 prophets sent to humanity at various times. Each is believed to have revealed information to humanity that they could comprehend at a given time. So just little bits and nuggets here and there. And realism, therefore, emphasizes the idea of progressive truth. The age of Aquarius. It's the coming of the age of Aquarius, everybody. Truth. Rael claims that he is the 40th and final prophet of the Elohim sent because humanity is now sufficiently developed to understand the truth about the Elohim. What do you guys think? Rael subsequently stated that these prophets are themselves the result of human mother breeding with the Eloah father, with the human mothers having been chosen for the purity of their genetic code, beamed onto the Elohim spacecraft, impregnated, and then returned to Earth, with their memory of the event being erased. Now, I just talked to Daniel Duvall about these alien abductions and women being impregnated not even remembering it. This just talked about their memory being erased of being impregnated on an alien spaceship. Kind of fits into that, doesn't it? Connecting the dots. In his 1979 book, Let's Welcome Our Fathers from Space, Rael added that he was the biological son of the Elhoa, who he first encountered, Yahweh. He also noted that Yahweh was the father of Jesus, which made Rael Jesus' half-brother. And that was noted in the first video that we watched. 
In 2003, Rael publicly identified himself as Maitreya. He maintains that he continues to be in telepathic contact with the Elohim, hearing Yahweh's voice guiding him in making his decisions affecting Raelianism. I don't know why I got excited there, but I just, you know, if I was hearing Yahweh's voice in my head, maybe that's something I would say. Raelians believe that they are all capable of linking telepathically with the Elohim, but that only Rael is permitted to meet with them physically or receive their revelations. Of course, isn't that how it always works? The religion also teaches that the Elohim continue to monitor every human being on Earth remotely from their planet. They're watching you, everybody. Be careful. This is done so that the Elohim can decide which individuals merit being offered the opportunity of eternal life. It argues that the Elohim continue to visit the Earth as evidenced by crop circles, which adherents regard as landing spaces of the Elohim spacecraft. Raelians generally understand sightings of unidentified flying objects as confirmation of their belief in the Elohim. So every time they see a UFO, they're like, ha, told ya, the Elohim right there, baby. Raelians also consider the appearance of angel hair. Now listen to this, I, I never heard of angel hair before, except for the pasta, I'm not a big fan. So Raelians consider angel hair as evidence of the Elohim's presence, stating that it had appeared at various Raelian summer gatherings. So angel hair is a siliceous cotton. It's sticky, kind of like a cobweb. It's a fibrous substance reported in connection with UFO sightings. One theory among ufologists is that it's created from ionized air sleeting off an electromagnetic field that surrounds the UFO. Boy, oh boy. So UFOs are just gigantic spiders. That's another way of thinking about it. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Uh, in realism, the Elohim are a perfect race of androgynous beings, with male and female Elohim being impossible to distinguish, kind of like the greys. We've been you know, shown these types of figures. They are described as being physically smaller than humans, pale green skin, and they have almond-shaped eyes. Raelians believe that there are originally seven human races modeling the seven Elohim races, but that the purple, blue, and green races have all died out. So now when I heard the purple, green, and blue, they died, that makes me think that the seven colors are either, either like the seven colors of the rainbow or the seven colors of the chakra, right? Oh boy. Supposedly, they do not wear clothes and are all permitted to engage in free love. They have sex with each other. Because sexual jealousy has been eliminated in their utopious world. Oh my god. Their planet is outside the solar system, but within our Milky Way. And Rael alleged that there are about 90,000 of these Elohim on their planet, and they are all quasi-immortal. Because they're all clones. I think that's where Rael's clone lives as well. Clones of Jesus. All of the, the prophets are on that planet. Supposedly, when these people, the Elohim, return, which we're going to talk about here, they're going to bring all of the, the past prophets who once lived. So that might make some people believe. I don't know. Who knows? Raelians believe that since the atomic bombing of Hiroshima in 1945, humanity has entered a new age, the age of apocalypse. So that was the beginning of the new age, they said, is when we bombed Hiroshima. Realism argues that humanity must sustain peace by harnessing new scientific and technological developments. That's the only way we can have peace, everybody. Science. Remember, science is religion. Religion is science. According to Rael, beginning a peaceful age will cause the return of the Elohim to Earth. He added that they will bring with them the 39 immortal prophets whom they had previously sent to guide humanity, Jesus and all. Rael stated that humanity has to build an embassy for the Elohim prior to the arrival on Earth, and that it must include a landing pad for their spaceship. Initially, Rael sought permission to build it in Israel, explaining that the ancient Israelites were what the ones that were originally in contact with the Elohim. He also stated that this embassy would constitute as the third temple, which is a Jewish prophecy. So he's trying to kind of connect everybody's religions together. He's stealing ideas, stealing symbols, putting them all together in a mismatch thing, connecting it with aliens. 
Uh, once this is achieved, the Elohim will return to Earth, share, Earth, sharing their technology with humanity and establishing a utopia. To this end, the Raelians have sought to build the embassy and all that stuff, yes. So, that's one of their goals. If you look at their website, they're still trying to build this damn thing. Your country could be the host of this embassy and benefit from the tens of billions of dollars that it will bring in additional revenue. The host country will also forever have the prestige of being the one who dared welcome those who created us, and in doing so, will offer a very great service to humanity. The host country will need to grant the Raelian movement a very small amount of land, approximately four square kilometers, for the purpose of building a peace-loving embassy where the residents and visitors will have privacy and diplomatic neutrality. The country granting the necessary extraterritoriality and authorization for the embassy to be built within its territory will not only benefit financially, but enjoy the protection of the Elohim. It will become the spiritual and scientific center of the planet for millennia to come, and happiness will prevail within its borders. This can be your country. Now, they did say that the Elohim will be returning around 2035, okay? And that was something that I just thought, ooh, click. 2030, Agenda 2030, I've always asked, what's the rush, right? With Trump, the deep state, all this agenda, why is it Agenda 2030? Why that date? What is the rush here, people? Because I've always heard that, you know, the deep state has nothing but time. Maybe because they're clones. But 2035 apparently is when these Elohim will be returning. And so that makes sense. It ties in together that loop too. So we got to get ready. Got to raise everybody's consciousness. Build the embassy. Got to get things on the right page before the Elohim return, people. Boy. So how do you become a Raelian? You guys want to know? Want to join up? Uh, the initiation of new members happens only four times a year on days that Raelians recognize as holidays. And those days are the first Sunday in April. The Raelians believe the Elohim created Adam and Eve. Isn't that typically Easter Sunday too? I don't know. It could be wrong. August 6th, which is the date of the Hiroshima bombing. October 7th was the day that Rael was uh, on board of the craft and then visited the Elohim's planet. And then December 13th, which was the original first contact day that Rael contacted the, uh, the Elohim. On those four days, you can become a new member and only on those four days. Joining the Raelians requires formal renouncing of any previous religion associations. So you must denounce your current religion if you had one. This is followed by a baptism known as the transmission of the cellular plan. <laughs> AT&T is going to have a hoot with this one, isn't they? Can you hear me now? That's what the Elohim are saying. This ritual is understood to communicate the new member's DNA makeup to an Elohim extraterrestrial computer that is orbiting the Earth. I'm going to say that again, people. They baptize you through a cellular plan where they take your DNA and they put it up, and they beam it to a computer that's orbiting Earth. The Elohim will judge a person's behavior in their past life from the DNA, and it will give the worthy ones a chance to be resurrected through cloning technologies on the planet, which will be the utopian world where everything's taken care of robots and sex robots. Now, just think about this. You will be judged by your DNA and your ancestry's DNA, Iniquity is something that we just talked with Daniel Duvall about. You know, why are they trying to taint everybody's DNA? Because they don't want them to be left in this utopia. They don't, they don't want a lot of people in the utopia. So you taint everybody's DNA, and the Elohim will not want them. They'll say, not good for the new planet, right? Oui, oui, capu. So you're tying in that, that chunk here. So everything's tying together again. They also have to sign a contract. So when you become a Raelian, you have to sign a contract permitting the mortician to cut a piece of bone from their forehead after death, which they understand as the third eye. This specimen will be stored on ice at a Swiss facility until the Elohim return. At that time, they will use that to clone you. 
Mm -hmm. This process is known as lifting of the frontal bone. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Isn't this getting interesting, everybody? I know it is. Uh, let's see here. I do have a video of this baptism occurring. Okay. This is in Taiwan. Oh boy, there's the water. Putting the water on the forehead. Baptizes the Raelian followers. There he is. Alright, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So he's speaking in a different language. So, basically, he is speaking to the Elohim. Am I right? That's what this guy just said. Let's back this up. He says... During the baptism, I communicate with the Elohim. I tell him there's someone here who wants to be, he knows that the aliens created us. He wants to undergo the cellular transmission ritual. I hope you can accept him. So this man, when he's baptizing, he's speaking to the Elohim, okay? Oh my goodness, oh my gracious. Members believe in world peace, cloning, and personal, including sexual freedom. Some believe that they are aliens themselves. Now listen to this boy. Uh, Sai Tung, Yoan, has felt like an alien since he was a child. See, sitting there. He believes that he was an indigo child or a star child. Hmm, star seed. Every person has different energy, different color. His is indigo. Very interesting, isn't that, people? Oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine doing this stuff. So let's get into the juice. Let's get into that juicy uh, berry that Kanye West was talking about here. Well, actually, not yet. But let's let's bring up cloning because this is the part that interests me, okay? Immortality through cloning. How interesting is that? So the Raelians reject the existence of the ethereal soul that survives physical death, and instead argue that the only hope for immortality is through scientific means. They claim that the Elohim will clone and thus reincarnate dead individuals, but only those particular individuals who they deem merit this reincarnation. The resurrection of Jesus, as recounted in the Gospels, is an instance explained by Elohim cloning. The Raelians advocate for the development of human cloning technology on Earth. They also believe that deceased individuals can be cloned so that they can be tried and punished for their crimes, such as the 9-11 terrorists and Hitler. So they're going to bring these people back to punish their ass. Hell yeah, America! Oh, I don't know. That's just kind of weird, right? Uh, due to its emphasis upon attaining immortality, Raelians deplore suicide. For instance, after the Heaven's Gate group engaged in the mass suicide in 1997, the Raelian Church uh, were some of the first to condemn it. As opposed to the scientific definition of reproductive cloning, which is simply the creation of a genetically identical living organisms, Raelians seek to both genetically clone individuals and rapidly accelerate the growth of the clone to adulthood. So they're not just cloning somebody, but they're rapidly growing them, right? Through this process, like a guided self-assembly of rapidly expanding cells or even nanotechnology. Rael told lawmakers that banning the development of human cloning was comparable to outlawing medical advances such as antibiotics, blood transfusions, and vaccines. Now, clonade. In comes clonade. This is something that they founded. This is a company. In 1997, the Raelians founded Clonade, stating that its intention was to offer homosexual and or infertile couples the chance to have a genetically identical child and take a step toward immortality. Claude Vaurion at Rael held a meeting in the Montreal Hotel on September 21st, 2000, where he announced that a wealthy American couple was willing to fund the Clonade project. The first pending clone, according to Vorion, at the time, 
was the couple's 10-month-old girl who had died due to a medical mistake. He said that the couple was willing to pay $1,500,000 to clone their deceased daughter. But the wife was not willing to be the surrogate mother. In 2001, who took over this? This was Bridget Bosselier said that a woman would be pregnant with a cloned fetus in April. She said that the cells had reached the blastocyst stage, but she refused to speak about any of the specific implantation pregnancy associated with them. According to the CNN article, that November, Clonied Laboratory was outside of the United States. So this all happened outside of the United States. And on December 27th, 2002, Bridget Beauselier claimed that a baby clone was born. That baby clone was named Eve. Media coverage of the claim sparked serious criticism and ethical debates that lasted more than a year. That the first baby clone uh, is born. She was born yesterday at 11.55 a.m. Uh, hmm. in the country where she was born. So this will not give you more details about the location. She, she's fine. We call her Eve between us. You knew that, of course. Some suggested it, and I thought it was a good idea, actually. You won't have the right name. And, you know, for a long time, I thought that the, um, this press conference will be with the baby, the parents, the scientists, everybody surrounding me and uh, having pleasure announcing it. I'm alone. And there is a reason to that, is that um, it hasn't been easy to face the world with this announcement. Okay. Yeah, she goes on to say, yeah, this is, you know, sucks that I couldn't be celebrating this, but you guys think it's freaking weird for some reason. Okay? We just created a beautiful baby via cologne named Eve. Now, there is, uh, there was reports that Eve was born in Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, let's bring this back home, baby. Let's bring this back home to Elon Muskie. Mr. Muskie Musk. Because Kanye West thinks that Elon Musk is a clone. Yes, that is right. After he got banned <clears throat> on Twitter, he posted a theory on Instagram that Elon Musk is actually a clone. And that they've, quote, probably made 10 to 30 Elons, and he's just the first genetic hybrid that stuck. He says, am I the only one who thinks Elon could be half Chinese? Have you ever seen pics as a child? Take a Chinese genius and mate them with a South African supermodel. And we have Elon. I say an Elon because they probably made 10 to 30 Elons, and he's the first genetic hybrid that stuck. Well, let's not forget about Obama. <laughs> I'm sorry for using curse words in church, but I don't have another word for Obama yet. Oh, boy. Okay, and he says, yay, 24. Let's unify and find out. L-U-A-F-O. Right? And everybody remembers back in December 2021, videos of Yilong Ma, a.k.a. Chinese doppelganger of Elon Musk, his videos went viral on TikTok. Look at this. Elon Musk's Chinese lookalike blows up on Twitter, right? Here's his video on TikTok. Hi, everyone. I'm Elon Ma. I'm Elon Ma. My bad. My bad. I love you. I love you. Okay. So what do you think, everybody? Look at this guy. Ay, ay, I don't know. I thought about, like, is Elon a clone? Let me go back to this. Look. <laughs> Look at that guy. We've all seen videos of this, right? Yi Long Ma? What do you all think, you know? Elon Musk being a clone and the history of his father being Pol Pot? Because... There's some, there's some ties with the mother, with Elon's mother being in Cambodia around 1975. There's like a, a something about don't ask Elon why he was in Cambodia in 1975 or something about that. But he looks a lot like Pol Pot. 
okay? If you have the overlay, I mean, it's nearly an identical match. So there's some speculation that his mother went to Cambodia, had sex, got impregnated by Pol Pot during the the tyranny age of uh, his his reign. But that's that's something else. This is actually, we're talking about cloning here, all right? And somebody called in. There was a, a listener who called in saying, go watch this video by Grim Reefer on YouTube that shows a room, a freezer full of bodysuits where they were claiming were clones, right? Now, I have that video for you guys. And if we look, they call this out that they, the bodies all have a cut on the upper right torso, right below the neck. Okay, not quite on the neck, but right below the neck. So check out this video. It looks fake as hell, but it could just be, uh, you know, something for like a movie set. But check this out, all right? Here's the room, there's the bodies hanging there. Mm-hmm. All the mouths are, mouths are open. But look, they all have this cut upper torso on the right side of their body, right below their necks. Right? They all have that same identifiable incision, cut, whatever the hell it is. Creepy. Very creepy. inside of a freezer because I saw the freezer fans up there, the condenser fans. This clip was uploaded to a Facebook page called Plandemic 5G, a nice conspiracy name there. Oh yeah. These are not real humans. They have cloning centers like this all over the world. Most people don't believe in cloning, but in 1902, Hans Dreisick managed to create a set of double salamanders. They've been cloning people ever since 1933, so imagine how that technology has progressed. There was literally no source info on this clip apart from it was a secret recording that was leaked and uploaded onto the dark web. A million questions arise here. Is this really a cloning facility? Were these real people? Some people seem to think this is where all the reported missing persons end up and have their organs harvested. If you look closely, there seems to be an identical slit on each body on their upper right torso just under the neck. So whatever is going on, the same procedure has been done to each individual. Some people even went as far as to say it's skins or biosuits for the reptilians. Who knows? I think we can all agree though that this does look very genuine and very sinister. If it is a hoax video, then they pulled out all the stops on this one okay oh what do you think everybody that just got real creepy didn't it that got dark so the thing is is that elon musk has the same cut on his neck look at this he has the same damn cut there it is right here and this is from a uh, failed cervical procedure he was trying to fix something in his C5, C6 vertebrae. And the doctor was not able to do so. And so he received this cut on his neck. My golly, my goodness. You know? What do you think? Is, is he wearing a meat suit? Is he wearing a skin suit? God, I don't know. But that cut on the neck thing and like that video. Bizarre. Right? Like it was uploaded to the, the interwebs and all the, the deep web or the dark web, whatever the hell that guy said. My goodness. Regardless, you guys, I think that Elon Musk ultimately banned this thing from Twitter. And him doing that actually made me start looking up this stuff. I would have never looked this stuff up if he didn't ban Kanye for tweeting out that the symbol, the Raelian symbol. And a lot of people have started looking up this UFO cult. And to me, it fits in so much. We talked about it throughout this episode, the UBI, the stock market crash, um, genetically modified foods. They're all vegan, by the way, which veganism is, is, some could argue, a plan to weaken men, make them all docile. They have reported that feminism is the number one rule of their culture. They're trying to make men more feminine. They don't want to fight back on anything. If the government tells them to do something, they always obey laws. Science is their religion. So if the government tells you to jab something into you, what are they going to do? I don't know. They have some uh, confounding messages there too. 
We saw that they were anti-lockdown, anti-mandate, but then again, science is their religion. So which way will they choose? And bringing everything together with this alien, the new form, this new world religion, it all just makes sense. The uh, apotheotheism, the belief that man is God. I mean, when I, when I started digging into this, I'm like, my goodness, this ties in everything. This is what they're going to push for their new world religion. I have a feeling because it ties so much into it. So regardless, I had a blast looking up this topic. This was some of the most fun that I've had in a long time. So hopefully you guys had a blast listening to this episode. And if you did, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. And uh, I also have another post up there saying, hey, here's some more topics to dig on. So let me know what you're interested in. A lot of you have so far, and I love you for it. And yeah, love you guys for supporting the show. So talk to you later. Bye-bye.